Hallelujah. Good evening, everyone. I want to welcome us to another session of the online Bible study. And I pray that tonight God will minister life to each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. I pray that none of us will remain the same. And at the end of tonight's teaching, the name of the Lord alone will be glorified and all the blessings and virtues will be has in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so tonight I'm going to um, speak to us briefly on the topic called Endurances to Intimacy uh, with God or with the Holy Spirit. Okay, um, because uh, there are certain hindrances, there are certain things that actually uh, have been stopping certain, uh, certain persons or some of us from uh, being intimate with God, not because we don't want to be intimate with God, but because of certain things that um, sometimes most people don't pay attention to or because uh, they become a prey or a victim of those things. Okay, and I pray that uh, some of these things we'll be talking about tonight, even though it might not be uh, all encompassing, I pray that we'll not be victims of them in the name of Jesus. Okay, so to start with, I'm going to talk about um, what prayer is, okay, and uh, because when you talk about intimacy with God, uh, you can't say you are really intimate with God if your prayer life or your what uh, study life is is uh, is down, okay. Someone who is intimate with God is someone who is consistent in his prayer in, in the place of prayer, who is consistent in the place of the study of the Word of God, who by reason of these things knows God's mind, okay, for him at every point in time, okay. Jesus Christ uh, was able to do the exploit he did because uh, he was able to hear from heaven. He knew part time. He knows part. I mean, he knew at every point in time in his life what God actually wanted from him. Okay, why? Because there was this strong intimacy between him and God. Okay, God the Father, and that's why he prayed for the disciples that just as he and him uh, are one, that the disciples also should be one. Okay, and, and that's very key because if you must make uh, do exploits in life as as Christians as believers. As children of God who God has sent to this earth to be ambassadors to represent, okay, we must be one with him. And that's why Jesus Christ uh, actually answered um, Thomas and told him that you've been with me for so long and you still ask me uh, about who the Father is, okay? That means, in essence, that uh, people shouldn't be around us for uh, so long or for an appreciable amount of time and still be in doubt of who God is okay to uh, to them or still be in doubt of uh, who God or what God actually represents okay so when you talk about intimacy I start from a place of the place of prayer and the place of the word of God okay so now talking about prayer because this month our focus is as is prayer okay looking at the, at the prayer uh, the study of prayer. Okay, so when we talk about prayer, basically, uh, prayer simply means uh, communication with God. Okay, whether it is um, prayer of request, it is a command, intercession, you are praying for someone, decree, you know, claiming your promises, you know, whichever way. Okay, you see it. But uh, prayer basically has to do with communicating with God. You know, uh, 
trying to bring God into every situation that you need Him for. Okay, so basically it is talking to God. Okay, prayer doesn't is not uh, doesn't have to do with talking to angels. Okay, no. Okay, we talk to God. Uh, we engage God in prayer. Then, as God deem it fit, sometimes He could send angels in in uh, to to actually carry a certain assignment in response to uh, prayers. Okay, sometimes He could even send uh, some other creatures. Okay, to to do that for us, just like how God actually sent um, a bird to feed Elijah. Okay, uh, in so many God could respond in so many ways, but then. Prayer is not directed to any other creature. Genuine prayer is not directed to any other creature except God. Okay, so basically prayer has to do with communication with, uh, with, with God. That's with engaging God in whatever situation we need his attention for. And uh, basically this is because the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty true God. Okay, they are mighty true God. And also it is important for us to understand that for prayer to be effective, it must be premised on the truth of God's word, okay? It must be based on what God has said, which addresses your current situation as an individual, okay? Because uh, when prayer is not uh, actually done that way, when it's not premised or when it's not based on the truth of God's word, uh, it's just said to be a waste of time. That's why most people are said uh, to have prayed amiss because their prayer actually does not have a backing from the word of God. There's no truth backing it up. And I think I must say at this point that your prayer is as effective as the truth that backs it up. Okay, when there is, your prayer is wordless, okay, when your prayer has no truth that backs it up, then you said, uh, it's, it's been said to be a, 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 an effort in fertility, okay? Because even angels will only akin to his word in your mouth, okay? Uh, Isaiah chapter 41 verse 21 says, uh, and I paraphrase that you shouldn't just come in prayer reporting your situation to him, but then you bring forth your strong reasons, okay? Bring forth your strong reason. Bring forth a uh, uh, certain argument, okay? Why do you think this actually should be done, okay? Not just coming to report your situations to God, telling God how bad things are, you know, telling God that you really need things to change, but you need to... You know, what exactly has he spoken in his word, okay, about that situation, okay? Those are the things that you need to engage in prayer because effective prayer begins with praying the word, okay, bringing him to remembrance concerning his word because even though God is touched with the feeling of our infirmities, he's only moved by his word, okay? He's only moved by his word. And look at the scope of Jesus Jesus Christ and Jesus' teaching on, on prayer uh, to his disciples, uh, paramount to this subject when he was teaching them was his emphasis and placement of priority on God's desire to establish his kingdom on earth even as it is, as it is in heaven okay so God is much more interested in, in, in his kingdom being established on earth okay uh, we are created for his pleasure okay you are not created for yourself okay so anything that is done outside that okay you can rest assured that you will not get any answer to it so if you must get results as a matter of fact the word of god addresses every issues of life god wants the best for us okay but god is a god of principle okay it doesn't work haphazardly so if if you must get god to move on your behalf okay then you must uh bring him to remember bring to his remembrance what he has said concerning uh that situation so what exactly has god said concerning that situation okay because god even honors his word above more than his name okay he honors it okay it is written okay even when jesus christ was comforted with the with the, with the uh, devil 
you all know the story quite well. I mean, Jesus Christ didn't say because he was the Son of God, because because he was God himself. He didn't say, uh, just speak empty words. No. But he spoke what was written, what has been established before the foundation of the world. So it's important. Okay, because what brings forth result is not just your words, okay, but the words of God in your mouth carry so much power because as you give voice to it, okay, they become they begin to manifest in your life. Now when you look at the story of, of Ezekiel uh, of Ezekiel now in the valley of dry bones, even though God has said certain things okay about the dry bones, the dry bone never uh, began to move together, began to join to be, never move close uh, to each other, didn't have life until Ezekiel repeated that's the same thing that God says. So if, 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 if you must uh, see results, if you must see what God has said concerning you come to pass in your life, you must learn to repeat what God has said. You must learn to say what God has said. Okay? God has spoken once, but twice have you heard. Okay? So you must learn to repeat it. Okay? Because it is when you give voice to it. It's when you, that, that seed now becomes planted. Okay? The only way you can give uh, up, up, the word opportunity to be planted okay, on your behalf is by speaking it, okay, you speak it, and when that is done, you see, you begin to see manifestation, so, uh, in, in essence, if, if you must see God's word come to pass in your life, if you must see his kingdom established, okay, in your life, in whatsoever situation you want, just like what Jesus Christ said when he was teaching disciples about prayer, that I, uh, uh, that will be done on it as it is in heaven, okay, uh, that this kingdom be established on earth. Okay, let it be done on it as it is in heaven. And that's the basics. Okay, when we get that right, whatever prayer that we pray, if it, when it's within the confines of his will, kingdom uh, dynamics, kingdom, kingdom, uh, uh, f- uh, within, when, when that's to do with placing the kingdom first, you will definitely get you the why? Because it is based on what God, God's plan uh on it as it is in heaven. Okay, so the question I should ask yourself is what exactly uh, is a pattern of things in heaven. How do things run in heaven? Okay, and that's the essence of the key of knowledge. Okay, so you can't really uh, get so much out of your prayer life if you are ignorant of God's promises, God's uh, words, God's structure to you as an individual. So if you must make headway in your prayer life, if your prayer life must be must be productive as an individual, you must. Learn the ways of God. Okay, Moses was a, was 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 able to command the way the the, the act of God because he knew his ways. The children of Israel never knew his ways, and that was why uh, they were murmuring. They always shouted at him. They always complained. But Moses always knew what to do. He always he just knew what to do. He knows what to do at every point in time, and that was why he could command the acts of God. Okay, uh, his prayers carried weight. Okay. Uh, you want people to, to to really desire or covet your prayers. I mean, it starts from you knowing the will of God. For at, I mean, in every situation, and when that happens, you pray according to the will of God. You pray with scriptures, holding Him by His word. They, then you begin to see results, and begin, people begin to wonder what exactly is the secret. But the key is just you aligning yourself with the will of God, knowing what God wants to do on earth part time. At that season, okay, because even Jesus Christ knew what to do at every point in time. It's not was every time was not his time. Okay, he said he told the disciples that every time is your time. But as for me, okay, every time is not my time because the time is not yet come. When he was told, okay, to come to 
the marriage at the Kenna of Galilee. He told them, my time has not yet come. When Lazarus died and they came to call him, he didn't go because it was not yet time. Okay, but four days after he went, okay, that's to tell you that he understood timing, he understood the will of God, so to speak. Okay, he understood what God wanted in that situation. Doesn't matter how bad or how urgent people actually need you, or how urgent people think certain things actually are needed. Your ability to know what God needs per time will save you a lot of stress and headache. So, I, I think this is important at this point if you must uh, be productive in your prayer. Life. Secondly, when we talk about our prayer, because I said the major focus for us uh, in this month is prayer. Prayer actually means, uh, simply means you uh, the acknowledge of your acknowledgement of God. Okay, someone who prays, uh, it shows that that person acknowledges God. Okay, the Word of God says that trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways uh, acknowledging, and it will direct your path. Okay, so someone who prays or prayer simply means acknowledgement of. Of God, okay, acknowledging that God exists because he that comes, you must believe that he is and is the rewarder of them who diligently seek him, okay. So, prayer simply means acknowledgement of the fact that God is, okay, and that um, is able to guide you, to help you, to direct you. So, it simply means acknowledgement of God, it also means depending on the strength of God. Okay, letting him know that you can't do this on your own. And if you look at the life of Jesus Christ throughout his earthly ministry, I mean, he prayed. Why? Because he knew as a man he ought to pray so that he will not faint. And that's why Jesus Christ said that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Okay? Because it is in him we live, in him we have our being, and in him we move. Once you miss that point, then everything you do begin to you do uh, will begin to uh, be a struggle will be a struggle for you as a Christian as a child of God okay you can't live an extraordinary life in your strength you need God uh, to do that okay Uh, it is acknowledging that you can't do it on your own okay and this can only become possible when you are aware of God's agenda for you and that it will take God to accomplish that agenda when you understand that the whole world lies in darkness and that for you to make any definite progress whatsoever, you need the help of God, the Father of light, in whom there is no shadow of turning or variableness. Okay? It is this understanding that helps you to approach Him in prayer and that, oh God, I can't do this on my own. Oh, this, oh God, this dream or this vision you've given unto me, this assignment you've given unto me is bigger than I am. It's bigger than my strength. Okay? Then God begins to coming. It comes in, uh, begins to help you, it begins to direct you, it begins to open doors, it begins to instruct you on what to do, it begins to give you certain strength, I mean, uh, enablement, okay, just like you told Apostle Paul that my grace is sufficient for you, okay, so prayer actually uh, shows that you acknowledge that God is all in all, that without Him, you can't do anything, and that simply means that a prayerless Christian or a prayerless individual is someone who is full of himself, who thinks he can't do he can do it on his own. Okay, that's what it simply means. A proud person. Okay, so by the grace of God, uh, towards the end of last year, into this year, God helped some of us. Okay, uh, to fan up the fire of prayer, you know, to revive our prayer altar. Okay, but then if the fire on our prayer altar must be maintained, we must also we must always assume a lowly heart. A heart that totally depends on God, okay, is a lowly heart. So we must always maintain a lowly heart. Independence is not a sign of spiritual maturity, okay. Contrary to it being an hallmark of physical maturity, spiritual matured individuals are those who are totally dependent on God, and as a result, see the need to remain under His watch and guidance. 
The moment you feel too big to be instructed by him, you are too big to be entrusted with his agenda. The moment you feel too big, or the moment you feel you can do life without without him, that you don't need him, you can achieve certain things without um, without him on your own. That is just for you to be. It's not just for you to read, to study, to map out things, to have a plan strategically and all of that. Forgetting that it's not of him that will let not of him that anybody of God assures mercy. The moment you feel you can do life without him, then you are too big to be helped by him. And you automatically begin to move out of his watch. Now if you remember the prodigal son, you discover that the prodigal son was the youngest son. He was not the eldest son. And that tells you that uh, maturity does not actually have to do with uh, independence, okay? Spiritual maturity in quotes, okay? Even though uh, in physical world, they say if you, are, if you are mature, then you should be independent, or you should be able to, you should be financially independent, you should be this independent, and all of that. But when it comes to spiritual maturity, it's a different bargain mentality. Okay, you are totally dependent on God. You get your point about you can't do anything except God says so. Okay, that's spiritual maturity. Okay, so and the son who became the prodigal son was the youngest of his son. Okay, and the matured one was wise enough to stay in the house. He was the oldest, yet he remained in the house. Talking about spiritual maturity uh, in terms of your total dependency on God. It does not matter how big a cow is, it will always require the guidance of the shepherd. Refusing to submit yourself in prayer to God gives allowance for you to stray into error. Okay, so it doesn't matter how long you've been on earth, you will always need the help of the ancient of days to navigate through each free. Okay, so uh, basically, uh, these are just a few things I want us to know about prayer, okay, and how uh, God sees prayer and for us to be effective in our prayer life. There's just a few things that we need to pay attention to. Okay, so but as I bring it to a close, as I conclude, I just like to um, want us to look at the life of King Uzziah, okay, his life, how he began, and uh, how he actually ended his life. Maybe we could actually draw certain lessons. Uh, from his life as a person. Okay, so um, like I said, we are going to be looking at uh, the life of Uzziah. Uh, trust the Holy Spirit to help us draw out a few lessons from his life that could actually help us in our own personal life. Like it's been said in scriptures that all of these things are written. Uh, uh, for examples, okay, the things that are written are fought and written for our own examples, so that we will not be victims of all of these things. Okay, so looking at Second Chronicles chapter twenty-six, I'm going to read uh, selected verses and bring out certain lessons for us. I will trust God to help us. So, Second Chronicles chapter twenty-six, I will start from verse three. Verse three, verse three says, "16 years old was Uzziah when he began to reign." And he reigned fifty and two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jecoliah of Jerusalem. So pay attention to when he began to reign. He began to reign at the age of sixteen years. Now verse five says, and he sought God in the days of Zechariah. That means when he began to reign, okay, he sought God, okay, okay, in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Now look at when he began. His rule or his reign, uh, he sought God. Okay? And the scripture says in that same verse 5 that and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Now, talking about seeking God in prayer. 
Okay, so many of us when we began our our race and we began our life when nobody knows us, you know, when things are just trying to I mean make sense out of that, we know how to pray. When it's when it's when it's just that uh we find sometimes when things uh when when those times when things are difficult and all of that, we pray very hard, you are consistent and all of that, just like King Uzziah when he began. He saw that oh I'm too young, I don't have the and he knew that for him to rule well, for him to become someone great, he needed God. Okay? But and he, he, he sought God. He went after God. Okay? But then when you move straight to verse 15, jump straight to verse 15, we saw that and he made in Jerusalem and as a result of him seeking after God. Because God, we saw in verse 5 that as long that as he, as long as he sought God, God made him prosper. That means uh one key thing you must learn is that seeking God is not a waste of time. Anyone who tells you that praying is a waste of time is just deceiving you. Okay, it's a deceit from the priest of earth. Okay, it does not matter how tedious it might look. It does not matter how time-consuming it might look. It does not matter how unreasonable it might look. Uh, it's not a waste of time because God is a rewarder. Okay, of persons of those who diligently seek Him. Okay, so. Um, so, as long as Isaiah sought after God, God made him prosper. But now, let's go straight to verse 15. Okay, and it says, And he made in Jerusalem engines, invented by cunning men, to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks, to shoot arrows and great stones with her. And his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped, till he was strong. Now, look at now, as long as he sought God, God made him prosper. Okay? Now, in verse 15, the statement was made that he was marvelously helped till he was strong. And that tells us that as long as he sought God, okay, he was helped. Okay? He was helped. To become what? To become strong. He was helped to become strong. Okay? But when you check verse 16, it says, but when he was strong, now, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. Okay? For he transgressed against the Lord his God. When he became strong, God helped him uh, till he was strong. Okay? He sought God. He knew, he understood the need for God. He knew without God, just like some of us, we know without God we can't do anything. But the point is, when that thing is being delivered to you, okay? Uh, what's the next step? Do you abandon God? Are you using God to get things? And that's why, you know, sometimes I tell people that uh, things should not be what should drive you to the presence of God. When things are the basis why you go to God in prayer, when those things, when your needs are met, there will be no reason to go to Him in prayer again and you will not see any need to pray. But one, what pushes you to God in prayer is your love for Him. It's intimacy. I mean, just you just want to be with Him. Okay? Whether you, what you have and what you do not have won't affect you. Okay? And that's why Paul says that what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Okay? So, if you look at the life of King Uzziah, he was marvelously helped of God till he was strong. That means when he got what he wanted, he just, like, God, I don't have need of you again. He was misbehaving. He was misbehaving. His, his success actually derailed him. And, and it's important for you to understand that the enemy does not destroy just people with just bad things. It destroys with good things too. 
you look at it, oh, you've achieved certain things. You, and that's called the pride of life. It will make you think that it was by your own strength that you got those things. Oh, that why should you pray? Uh-uh. If you can get this achievement, oh, by adding one plus one or by adding this and this together, uh, you are a genius. It will tell you that, oh, you, I mean, you are smart and all of that, okay? It will not allow you to see the need for God anymore because of your uh, present state or present achievement. So, the enemy could destroy with success. The enemy doesn't destroy with... In fact, more often than not, most people are destroyed by their last success. Okay? When, when failure comes, people, like, encourage themselves, they re-strategize, and they push the fire again. But more often than not, success is the basis or the reason for so many people down, so many people down for. Okay? Because they do not know how to handle success. Okay, when success comes or when achievements come, you must learn to give all the glory back to God. And that is not the achievement in itself that means a lot to you, but it's God. Because without Him, you can't get it. Okay, so it's important for us to be able to uh, separate things. Okay, so the question is that what pushes you to the presence of God? Is it the things that you want or is it just your love for God? Of course, we have, to, we need, we have needs. We don't dispute that fact. I'm not disputing that fact. But then there should not be a basis for your uh, uh, for your prayer life, okay, because when those things are met, okay, then what is your drive anymore, okay? So we need to understand that, okay, and uh, also from the life of Uzziah, you could also see that for us to be consistently relevant, we must maintain a lowly heart. King Uzziah, when he read down, he discovered that he lost that relevance, things begin to slow die for him, why? Because his heart was lifted. Uh, against the Lord unto his destruction it was destroyed okay so if you must be consistently great of course we had people who were once great but they were forgotten in the past because their hearts were lifted to their up to their destruction okay pride setting so to remain in the limelight okay to be great consistently across generations just like what happened to Daniel okay God says that kings came kings went but Daniel remained, okay? He was relevant through those generations, through those periods, because he maintained a lowly heart. He was someone who maintained his prayer altar. Even when they, they formed laws against his God, him and his God, he still maintained this because he knew that that was the backbone of his success in a strange land. So don't think that uh, your achievement is as a result of your hard work. There are so many people who work harder than you are but they've not even gotten something closer or something near to what the result you've gotten. So you should have enough sense to know that there is a force, there is a being behind your success, there is a being behind your achievement. When Nebuchadnezzar said that by my own strength I have built this city, this Babylon, you know, God showed him that, okay, let us see who actually is the the real person. So never allow your achievement, your success overwhelm you to the point that uh, you begin to ascribe glory to yourself you begin to find it difficult to even approach God. You begin to see yourself as being self-sufficient or self-reliant in your understanding or in your own wisdom. Okay, and also lastly, you must understand that God is only committed to you as far as you are, you are committed to obeying Him. And I pray that God will help us in the name of Jesus. Thank you uh, for tonight. And I really hope that tonight's teaching uh, blesses each and every one of us. I thank you and God bless you. Next week, same time, 7 p.m., I hope to, uh, that God will reach out to us again through the online Bible study. And I also want to encourage us for uh, publications, 
that we're going to be releasing. I trust God to, for, uh, to help us release publications on a daily basis. Now, I pray that, I hope that we are reading them, and I pray that each of these publications uh, will bless us richly, will help us uh, for our, uh, help us uh, become a better person, uh, will help us to walk daily with God, you know, become a better person in our daily walk with God in the name of Jesus. So thank you once again for your time. I really appreciate it. God bless you.